Welcome to Practice Care with Carl White, the podcast where we help practice owners in healthcare know just enough about the business side to make good business decisions and keep their practices independent. Now our host, Carl. Size with independence. This is usually a good combo to look for as you work to stay private. And my guest today is leading one model in the dental space, and he's going to share his story with us. I'm Carl White, Principal at Mark Advisory Group, which is a healthcare marketing agency, and I'm also the host of Practice Care. But the mission for both is the same, and that's to help private practice owners stay private. Not only is that what they want, but usually, mostly, cares better when the provider owns the place and they have the most freedom to make the clinical decisions they think are best. And any day that we can help another private practice owner stay private is a good day. And my guest today is Dr. Brady Frank. Dr. Frank is a third-generation dentist turned entrepreneur, inventor, author, and thought leader with a passion for teaching others the hard-won lessons he's learned about successfully creating and selling a business. Brady, thank you for coming on Practice Care. Hey, excited to be here, Carl. Appreciate it. And uh, this will be great. Yeah, I've been looking for, we haven't had this topic on per se before, so I've been looking forward to it. Um, and let's get into it. Let's start with where I start with a lot of guests. Your bio was brief that I just read. So fill in more of your backstory for us, where you, where you were, where you are now, why, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I um, I uh, started out in 1999, uh, almost okay. 25 years ago. Survived Checked Y2K. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Right before Y2K, I started out uh, at Marquette Dental School Library, checking out books on dental transitions because I found out that my wrist may not allow me to practice dentistry. So I figured, well, I might have to learn how to operate businesses and employ dentists. I got out of school, you know, the day I graduated, bought a practice, bought another, bought seven in the first uh, five years. Wow. And yeah, and that with the real estate. And so that took me down the road of buying real estate and practices and then helping others do the same. And, and uh, so that's kind of what started uh, my journey out. You got it. Okay. And you had said, maybe you kind of answered it, but let's get into it. You Before we started recording and in a previous discussion, you said you figured out that dentist was, dentistry was going to be physically impossible. Did you mean generally or in your specific case? Yeah. So uh, it, it was junior year. Uh, I was golfing with my brother after dental school mm -hmm. and felt something in my wrist and I couldn't swing the golf club anymore. My, my wrist was locked into position and had a searing hot pain. Got it. Went to the uh, got an MRI. Went to a wrist surgeon, and he said, "I have mid carpal instability, where your little carpal bones okay. actually kind of uh, lock against one another, displace, and push on your nerve." And I said, "Oh well, okay. Well, let's you know realign it. We'll, we're good to go." He said, "Well, no, the ligaments are slowly loosening over time. Therefore, you're going to continually have issues with your right hand and." at the very least numbness, but generally the inability to use your right hand. And I was right-handed. Dentistry is very, you know, hand skills. Yeah. So I, he said, well, we can fuse your carpal bones together, but you just wouldn't be able to have the dexterity and mobility to, mm -hmm. to do the intricate things. I was like, oh my goodness. So that's when I started to say, okay, I'm past the point of no return as a junior in dental school. I can't choose a new career path. Okay. So I, I started to realize, okay, how can I own dental businesses without working in them? And so I nailed that. I got good at that, added partners, showed other people how to do it. 
Uh, and over the next 10 years, so from 2001 when I graduated to 2011, helped hundreds of dentists uh, for whatever reason they had, whether they just didn't like dentistry anymore, they wanted to retire, you know, they had a physical issue with their neck or their back, whatever mm -hmm. it was, I helped them to not only replace themselves in their practice, convert their active income to passive income, mm -hmm. invest in real estate that they get, then gave them more income. And then at the end of the day, as the DSO, MSO market kind of really step, stepped up gears, get much higher valuations as a platform of practices mm -hmm. rather than an individual practice. And I started doing it with vet groups, chiropractic, bariatric surgery, actually brokered a lot of those and, and led 28 financial advisors on the same thing I'm doing in dentistry, but in other genres. And I can kind of point to different groups that I actually helped forge in all these different independent arenas in healthcare. So it was a wild journey and it started with just a, a, a problem with a wrist. And so now anytime I get bad news, I say, all right, what is this propelling me towards, right? What, mm. what, what is the good in it? What, what's the pearl in this? And the pearl in that was, you know, help me find what I, I think is my purpose. And that is helping healthcare providers, especially dentists uh, on this podcast, yeah. you know, figure, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so we talked about this before we started recording, so it's it's good. So dental, what we're talking about, the, the topic we're talking about is applicable, you know, in a number of different specialties, not just not just dentistry. Okay, so with that, that's good. With that as a backdrop, let's get into it. So the name of the of the business, Freedom Dental Partners, uh, you know, how does it work? What is it? How does it compare to other DSOs, other roll-up models? You know, educate us on it. Yeah, so Freedom Dental Partners is a DSO, and basically there are hundreds of practices that have banded together, and instead of getting a four times, five times, six times multiple on their own, they receive a, what's called a platform multiple altogether okay. by becoming the DSO. And this is done in the MSO space, and I've helped do it in other niches in healthcare, but basically... Uh, your valuation as an individual or two or three locations is less than half the amount that you receive when you've banded together and under what the private equity world calls a platform. Mm -hmm. And so Freedom Dental Partners is simply there as a conglomeration tool. It's actually formally a co-op where practices get together. Uh, we have a team that forges them and forms them into a platform. And then we take that platform, thusly valued at two or three times more than any one individual practice, and we bring it to the big sources of money, the institutional money, the people that have billions of dollars, right? And then they uh, recapitalize, which basically means refinance. Another word for it is, I mean, you might say buys that platform. Um, but the important thing is we, the doctors, have forged the management agreements, the autonomy component, all the freedom in that ahead of time. So when we bring in money, well, the HOA, so to speak, is already formed. The start, the guy that starts a subdivision, he gets to form the HOA, mm -hmm. right? You know, you got to keep your yard picked up. You got to have X flowers in the front. So we get to create the HOA, giving the doctors freedom. And then we recap it. The other model right now is corporate decides on the HOA or mm -hmm. how you're going to manage it. 
they come in and now you kind of fit into their system, their box, their brand. And not many doctors like switching from independence yeah. over to kind of a corporate system. Yeah. All right. So a couple of follow-on questions. First, why is a platform model more valuable than the, I guess, the corporate model? Uh, it, it relates to this. And I'm going to use a quote from Warren Buffett back in the subprime recession when all these houses were worth half what uh, yeah. they normally were. He said, if I had a vehicle where I could buy 10,000 houses right now, I would. But Warren Buffett, you know, is managing so much money that he's not going to take the time to buy a house. Same thing with these multi-billion dollar institutions. They say the same thing. If, if I had a vehicle that I could buy 200 practices right now, I would. But I'm not going to go buy this one and that one. And it's just, we're, we're they're managing billions in capital. So a, a platform does all the work and takes all the work out of it for the big boys. So uh. the big boys can stroke one check and buy a platform worth 800 million, 400 million, 1.2 billion. And they're willing to pay a massive premium to buy them all together. Beyond that, why are they paying a premium? Because they're all in the same software. Yeah. They're all in the same system. They're all in one. You've done all the operational efficiency and everything, all the cleanup. Yeah, all the cleanup. And so it does take us one to two years to bring them all together. Yeah. And that's the time that private equity doesn't have. In their world of trading dollars and moving money around, mm -hmm. they need to get something done in two months, three months. That's how they're commissioned. They make yeah. big commission on the deals. And to take a year and a half off, and that's that's not even in their bonus period. It's like they get right. bonus to the quarter. So it's a weird system and I had to learn it. And it's a funky system, <laughs> but it's it's amazing the massive value that doctors can have if we basically cut out the middleman right? Mm -hmm. We conglomerate as doctors instead of allowing some other entity to get that arbitrage and do it yeah, for us. Got it. And, um, and so, and then they, they pay the premium, but they don't have as much control as they would normally. Yep, and they're, that, they're clearly willing to trade that off because they are, but I wouldn't have expected to hear that. You know, you wouldn't have. And let's dig a little deeper into that just, just to, to understand where we're at with that. So they buy it because the platform is successful financially. Mm -hmm. Okay. If it's successful financially, that means the systems in play must be good systems. Yeah. And so here, here are the things that doctors want. They want to be able to control their team and work with their team. Great. They want to be able to dictate the treatment, do the treatment they believe is best for the patient. And so thusly they control the patient. Yeah. The doctor also wants to control their own office hours, not be told how many hours a week to work, you know, when to bring in a junior doctor. So all of those terms um, are between the, the parent company and each of the PCs. So in this model, the doctor still owns 100% of their own PC, right? PC and, mean, meaning? Uh, professional uh, corporation, their own practice entity. Got it. Like, like an S corp, it generally is. And so this one central entity is connected then through management agreements that gives them freedom and autonomy. This would be the equivalent of the HOA, gives them you know, that control individually at a practice level, but corporately at the top, they get all that value. So when the investor comes in, they don't touch your PCs. They make the investment into Holdco or Topco or the parent company would call it. Mm -hmm. And all the management agreements that were already preformed, 
aren't changed. They stay the same. They're assigned uh, and, and they've already been assigned. So what's, uh, what's wonderful is doctors are able to get their price that they want based on a conglomeration, mm-hmm. the higher mm-hmm. multiple, but they also get the terms that they frankly decided upon themselves because they eliminated the middleman. And so, so I like to say this, why get a single digit multiple on their terms mm-hmm. when you can get a double digit multiple on your terms? And it's during that year to a year and a half of conglomeration that the terms are built and created. And so when the private equity comes in, this is all, this is ideally what they say. Uh, and the one that ends up recapitalizing or buying this group yeah. certainly does say this. They say, wow, you guys are growing like mad. What a great system you guys have. We're investing in your system and we don't want to touch a thing, right? If, yeah. if it's good already, they, they, they let it go. And so we get our terms, we get our price. And then here, here's the beauty. The doctors don't have to take all of their value out in a year, year and a half as cash. They can take 70% of the chips off the table, get a massive multi-million dollar payout and leave 30% in stock because this private equity company that buys for a half a billion or billion, they now want to trade at 2 billion. I mean, they're going to throw massive money at this, buy more independent practitioners in this wonderful model based on independence, freedom to the doctor. And they're going to now go and recap and sell to yet another larger private equity company who has the same goal of growing it and selling it again. Once you hit about 7 billion in value, then it all stops because you're beyond KKR, BlackRock, you know, you're, you're to these top eight private equity firms mm-hmm. and they still have meat on the bone. But what's happening is they're just merging these big ones at the top. And that's what Got happened. In- Got it. Okay. So give us like a, a window inside, like a brief window inside that year, that one to two years. So if I was, you know, Carl White dentist practice, and I came into Freedom Dental Partners, what would that year to two look like? Because today I'm, whether I'm good at it or bad at it, it's it's my name, my shop, my choices. A year to two years later, what's changed? Yeah, great, great question. The first thing we do is kind of an onboarding exercise. And the three big things that need to be conglomerated to call it a true platform are legally, we have to legally be on one entity. And, okay. and you still, so Carl still has his practice. His name's still on the, the facade, right? The, the front, if you mm-hmm. will, except be, the, 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 the wizard of Oz behind the scenes is, hey, we got this big mothership. Yeah. And the mothership gets better supply discounts, better lab discounts, better software discounts, right? Has all these economies of scale up there, but it's like private labeled, right? Meaning, the mm. patient and the team still view Carl White as the guy, mm-hmm. except Carl White has this kind of uh, secret ability to play with the big boys and get the big boys economy of scale. Uh, so that that's kind of how it looks. And so they have to be together legally. HR also rolls up to the top coat and all the employees get a better 401k, better medical insurance, yet they're still led by Carl which okay. is what Carl wants, right? It's what they want. They don't want some nameless corporate body as their employer. They want what they right. have had. So legal, HR, and then the last thing, finances. Um, the doctor gets paid their base pay at the PC level under the parent company, but all the dividends, the excess, the profits flow down from the big company. Okay. And the beauty of, of that is most 
doctors, dentists, pharmacists, chiropractors, right, uh, uh, plastic surgeons, they pay the highest federal and state tax bracket right now. Mm. Through this model, their taxes are generally cut in half. Wow. Yeah. I did not um, expect it, to hear that. I, I know. Well, let's think about this. What did Amazon, Bezos's company, pay in taxes last year? Yeah, right. Zero, right? Zero percent. The average corporation in America pays single digit taxes in mm -hmm. most cases, some of them double digit. So there are tax advantages available at the corporate, big corporate level that the little guys don't have in America, which mm -hmm. is huge because let's say that doctor increased zero, zero more money through all mm -hmm. the vendors, savings, everything. Yet they save half on their taxes. Yeah. Effectively, they've, you know what I mean? Yeah. Their take home profit is much higher. And so if, uh, uh, so it really ends up being a threefold equation. Um, number one, uh, being able to keep all the freedom and autonomy that one would normally have. So yeah. we, we, we saw how that happens by everyone still owning their same PC underneath this holding company. Uh, number two, having a much higher valuation. Great. Mm -hmm. Now your business is worth a whole lot more together. All right, great. And I don't have to retire, but I, at the same time, I could retire by replacing myself with another doctor and all that. But then three, what I keep, right? What I keep, what I bring home after taxes, mm -hmm. it, it changes the algebra, right? It changes the algebra. Now you get benefits that you only generally get with these multi uh, decamillion or centimillion uh, corporations that have a new set of, uh, of IRS codes that, that they uh, are able to employ. Right. And, and one of them is a very simple one that everybody knows. And that's the difference between short cap gains. Yep. Oh, Brady, you froze sure. on me. I did. I'm sorry about that. I wonder. Okay. Keep going. It's all right. It was yep. very brief. Yeah, very brief. Uh, short term capital gains versus long term capital gains. Short term capital gains are at the highest tax bracket. Yep. Long term are, you know, it's only 20% federally. So that there's about seven other tax advantage advantages for doctors employing concepts like this. Right. And we've talked a lot about, about dental, but you've done this in other specialty areas as well. Yes. Um, I really have focused on, 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 on dental recently, but I helped start a lot of the big platforms that are now mainstream and other niches. So if anyone is listening and you're not a dentist, I'm, I'm, Carl can get you in, in, in touch with me and I can get you over to these folks and in other industries who are doing this that I've actually helped set up and, uh, and yeah. are doing really, really well. Yeah, and we'll have all your contact info for the show notes for your episode. So listeners, if you want to find Brady, that's that's the fastest way. I'm curious about, just going back to dentists, you know, I imagine for every 10 who you approach or who approach you, not all 10 sign up uh, or, you know, take all the steps. So I'm wondering, what are the characteristics of those who, who embrace the model and sign on versus those who say, mm, I don't think so, not for me or what, whatever it is? Yeah, um, I, I think the big thing is a lot of dentists at first say, I want to retire in a year. I just want to sell my practice. I don't want to wait for 12 months to go by and do this. I just want to sell now. I'm done. Yeah. So, um, and, and we've got another group, our mastermind group. All we do are buy practices and buildings like that. Okay. Um, and, and that's great if, if you're just done. You know, you're leaving, you know, a lot of money on the table. But some people... 
yeah, they got an inheritance. They're done. Yeah. I'm out there. I'm yeah. Not, I don't deal with it. And so that's number one reason is I want to sell now. I can't wait 12 months to conglomerate. Um, probably the, the next biggie is, hey, I want to keep working 20 years. I'm in my prime. I've got growth. And um, usually those folks, once they understand that this puts their growth on steroids and pre pre-funds the retirement and they get all that growth of the retirement funds uh, by doing yeah. something that, and they get rid of debt. Usually those ones say, oh my, okay, this isn't just a transitioning out strategy. This is an expansion strategy and, and a way to actually have more of the, the fruits of my labor financially. Um, the other big thing is, you know, there is a little bit of education. Like our listeners right now, if they're listening this far, Carl, they've already wasted you know, 15 yeah. minutes of life. Let, no like, wasting here on practice. No I know what you mean. <laughs> we stand apart in. from all other podcasts. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, so they've already, they've already uh, uh, put in 15 minutes into this, right? Mm-hmm. Some people just, they don't even want to move their attention span beyond five minutes yeah. to make three extra million dollars on their transaction. Mm-hmm. And so, but once again, those are few and far between as well. So I would say about 85% of the doctors that we come in contact with mm-hmm. on this uh, see the vision and immediately do it. In fact, we're doing a, a 20 location group in the Northeast. We, that was our recent one to launch about two months ago. Um, and uh, as of this moment, all the doctors, 100% of the doctors are on board. Five more practices were referred in. And 100% of those are on board. Okay. So Yeah. So as information like this gets out there, yeah. you know, I, I think more and more doctors say, well, I'm not really giving up anything here. Maybe a little time, a little education. And uh, so really the only ones that just wouldn't be compatible are those that have physical ailments preventing them to, to, to move forward and give a cu- couple of years, uh, a year or two into it. Um, but yeah, uh, those are the biggies. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, it sounds really interesting. I mean, uh, I, I love that you can, it's like, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too, to, to an extent, which normally is a concept that doesn't work, but it, it really sounds like, like this is on that path. Um, a couple of wrap up questions I ask every guest. The first one is, is there anything you think I should have asked you, but just didn't that our listeners should know about? You know, maybe this, um, how does this tie in with purpose, legacy, and lifestyle? Because those mm. are three things we don't talk about on business podcasts. What's purpose, legacy, and lifestyle? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that might be something. But do you want me to talk on that just sure. a little bit? If you think yeah. I should have asked you, then go ahead and ask it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I have three. I've been married for 21 years, have three sons. They're all in their teens right now. And with this particular model, rather than selling to the man, right? You end up keeping the business and the family and you undergo a ton of learning, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Many folks have learned just a few things right now, just getting into it. And when you learn about taxes, when you learn about uh, increasing business valuation, when you bring in a lot more money for your life's work, that ends up affecting the legacy and your giving and it becomes multi-generational wealth Mm -hmm. rather than just you and, you know, someone's going to get a couple million bucks when I die. So, so legacy is big. Purpose is big because once you've done this, once you've seen this, you can't unsee it. Right? And, and the average doctor that's in our group refers five more doctors. Like, wow. like, yeah. So, 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 so that's huge. Now you've taken 
And because of you, your direct inner circle is now going to have a lot better future, frankly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Financially, autonomy-wise. So that's that's number two thing. Now you've got some purpose behind what you're doing and you're positively affecting your profession. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I, I think lifestyle is a biggie. Um, this is one of the few models where if you have other interests, hobbies, places you want to live, this is the quickest way to financially get you to the freedom zone, but also at the same time allow you to transition other doctors into your practice to fill in your shoes. So if you want to work one or two days a week and do these other things you're passionate about, mm -hmm. you can do that. So those, those are the intangible pieces I think that are also important. Got it. Got it. Okay, good. Um, and then the other wrap up question I ask is, all right, we've caught somebody's attention who's listening or maybe multiple people and they want to get started. Some people have a block on, I, I don't know, I, where do I start? So where should they start? Even simple so, stuff. So there's probably two ways to start. Number one, if you can, if, if folks can make it to one of our seminars, BTDSO, become the DSO seminars, that gives you a day and a half of all this stuff, right? Okay. For those that love, love to go to events, and uh, those are normally like 700 bucks, covers food, breakfast and lunch both days. Um, because they're listening on your podcast, Carl, if they plug in the code Brady50, it's half off. So, oh, look at that. Okay. Yeah, so Brady50 will do that. For those of you that are like, hey, I'm not a dentist. Uh, hey, I, I'd go to, I travel enough. Mm -hmm. Then, or hey, I don't know if this is a fit for me because this, this, and that. I would recommend emailing me first just to make sure. And, uh, and I'd be happy to hop on the phone for 15 minutes, you know, assess what your goals are, if this yeah. is a fit. And thankfully I have time to do this. I retired clinically years ago after I started doing kind of this stuff full time. Yeah. And so yeah, either email me or probably one of our events that we do every 10 weeks to educate okay. on topics. Or con again, your contact information will be in the show notes. I'm not sure if your email's in there, but reaching out through one of those will get listeners will get you to Brady very quickly. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you, Brady. Thank you for coming on and and uh, opening our eyes to my God, cake and eat it too. Um, get big and stay private, especially with sort of this. You think of private equity, you think that's it. I'm not private anymore. But you found a different way, and it's exciting. It's very exciting to hear. Um, like I've said a couple of times, we're going to put all of Brady's contact info in the show notes. So if you want to contact him, that's the fastest way to find it. Two other points before we wrap up. First, if you're someone like Brady or I that serves private practice owners, or if you are a private practice owner yourself, and you've figured out something on the business side that you think others would benefit from, we want to hear about it. In Brady's show notes and every episode show notes, there's a link, a couple of questions. Tell us what's on your mind so that we can get you scheduled as soon as possible. And finally, if you haven't done it yet, subscribe to Practice Care. We drop a new episode every week. We're on Apple, Spotify, every major platform, easy to find. Make sure you stay up to date by subscribing. Thanks very much. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Practice Care with Carl White. Make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss another episode. You can find our guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.